It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as we explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we'll chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. Welcome back to All Hands on Tech. I'm Jenna. And I'm Ashley. Digital touches every part of our lives, and one of those is the financial industry. People today have the convenience of managing their finances from home, and today's guest is at the forefront of that change here in Nova Scotia. Leak Data helps credit unions in the province adapt and succeed in a digital-first world, and we're so excited to welcome in CEO Carrie Forbes to the podcast to talk more about the fascinating world of fintech. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm always excited to talk about the crazy fintech world that we live in. (laughs) And we're so excited because we haven't had anyone in to talk about fintech yet. So we're super excited. Um, We do have some fun rapid fire questions for you in just a moment to get to know you a little bit better. But before that, um, for folks who don't know, maybe just tell us a little bit more about League Data. You know, what's your story and what exactly you do here in Nova Scotia? Absolutely. So... We're a unique fintech. Now, I do have to say, I and I believe this, we're probably the oldest fintech in Nova Scotia. We've been around since 1975. Wow. And you wouldn't have seen us out in front because we do a lot of, I'll say, the base work, uh, the heart of what fintech is, which is, we call it core banking. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially moving your transactions. That's that's really kind of where it starts from. And over the, the decades, we've grown in our role and our approach. So we started off with this need to move uh, data, and that really grew into our role as a CIO. So we take care in Atlantic Canada. Uh, Right now we're down to 38 credit unions. We've had some mergers, and we look after all of their banking needs. So that means uh, apps that members will transact with. It could be the network, their cybersecurity. We provide a lot of guidance because it's a really complicated world. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about that. (laughs) That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Really important things you're playing with there. (laughs) As as somebody said to me one time, a senior leader, she goes, we're dealing with people's money, not jelly beans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Two opposite ends of the spectrum. (laughs) All right. So before we dive into the big questions, we're going to go through a little bit of rapid fire. Okay. So the first one, do you check your email first thing in the morning or your social media? Oh, what I would. So this is a really interesting one because I don't actually check either. I try to avoid both smart to keep my mind clear because other when I do get into it, it's heavy. So is that like when the workday starts? That's when you kind of get into it? Yeah, I would say probably um, I try to avoid looking at my phone with with the exception of uh, non-news items, anything that kind of mm-hmm. brings me into a really serious space. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I got to do that because, you know, <laughs> I don't totally believe in resolutions, but that's like a personal goal of mine is to wake up and just don't look at my phone. Just get up and out of bed, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's Ugh. a major life tip that we should all <laughs> <laughs> maybe think a little bit about. <laughs> okay. Do you prefer to work in the office or from home? It's a blend. And right now, um, I probably work two to three days at home, the remainder in the office slash, and I do a lot of external meetings in other places. Mm-hmm. So when I'm heads down, I like to be at home. Uh, when I'm doing lots of meetings, I like to be out with people. So I do like the mix and I, I'm kind of, I don't like to pick one or the other. I like both. <laughs> That's fair. I think the balance is a huge part of that, honestly. Yeah. Um, on that note, what would you say is your favorite local business here in Halifax? Oh, what a tough question. I know. Do a top three. All right. <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to stick to, I actually live right on the peninsula. Cool. So that's part of it. I've got a heart everywhere. So 
as my drive here, I saw a few. One good robot is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I'm gluten free, so I can actually drink a lot of their beer, Amazing. which which is lovely. Um, I'm a big fan of Java Blend. That's Ooh. down the road for me. Me too. Buy a lot of their <laughs> coffee. And, oh boy, the Ardmore Tea Room. Okay, that's an Love old it. school. Mm-hmm. Went there with my grandfather. Um, that's like memory. So there's yeah. there's three. Nostalgia. Bad. <laughs> I've never been there yet. Oh, you I gotta to. go. It's Milkshakes. My university days. Okay. <laughs> really think about one. <laughs> Good to know. Okay, so... You're developing what you call a new era for Atlantic Canadian credit unions. What exactly does that look like? And additionally, I'm curious, do you think that Nova Scotians are prepared for this new era? Great question. Now, I want to start with the second part about Nova Scotians being ready. And I absolutely believe they are. They showed us that during the pandemic Mm -hmm. because that really lit on fire our need to make connections work remotely. So... We're under a huge transformation that began actually just before the pandemic, knowing that heart I spoke about, we need to transform. And then we saw this new need to start to move people and connect them remotely to be able to be served, especially in our remote areas. Mm -hmm. And what we heard from folks at first, you know, people are really concerned, how are they going to be? But our credit unions really stepped in and really help them make that adapt. And what we're seeing, especially in the patterns for people, is they've adapted to a lot of these tools. And once they adopt them, they they start to experience things that they experience with their other apps, and they want more. So Mm -hmm. they're demanding more from us, not just being ready for it, which is exciting. Now, on the other hand, I am so excited because our credit unions had to make a really difficult decision. Their their key uh, technology became end of life. And you have to understand that everything they do plugs into this. So mm-hmm. it is like the heart, the center. Uh, and it also drives innovation. And so making that decision is critical for the next 20 years. It's not like a, we can replace it tomorrow. Right. And they opted to go and make the leap to the cloud, which is really exciting. So we'll be one of the first organizations in fintech and in banking fintech and credit unions in Canada to adopt the most modern uh, architecture. And that is going to offer a lot of new opportunity, opportunities to partner and maybe offer different services. And that to me is a real game changer. Okay, so you said one of the first in Canada. So this is obviously happening in other places outside of Canada. Is this kind of like the, the future? Yes. So yeah. if, I, if I go back to League has been around for a very long time mm-hmm. and we started off um, building mainframes these older technologies. And guess what? They're still running most of our organizations Mm -hmm. in finance and banking and insurance. The problem is they were built really well. They do exactly what they're intended, but they're not flexible. Mm -hmm. And all of these organizations are running into the same kinds of challenges that we have, which is our members and our customers, they want new things. They want to do things differently, but our old systems struggle. They, Mm -hmm. and it becomes complicated and almost sometimes financially limiting to be able to develop. So we're really starting from scratch and building from bottom up. And although we're the first kind of in our our space, this is something that is happening all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably smaller organizations like ours that aren't as complicated as a large bank will be first. And that's just because we have a smaller ship to turn around. But it also puts our credit unions in a really unique space that... They'll be able to start integrating and adopting maybe other fintech uh, products, other partnerships that helps them deliver things that they couldn't do before. Mm -hmm. That's super, super exciting. 
Yeah, especially since you have, like you said, the smaller ships turn around. It gives you the opportunity to be that that first one to turn it around. I think with digital technology as well, um, t- let's let's walk out of just the financial space. Sure. One of the lessons that we're learning from bigger organizations like you know the Facebooks and the Googles is we can build platform and deliver those kinds of experiences in the same way which you don't have to be as big uh, and you don't have to have the scale of a large bank to compete. And I think that's a real thing that technology is offering and it's mixing everything up and probably for our customers, but it'll be great. You'll have more options available. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, less monopoly there. Yeah. We're talking about like finance is going to be on the cloud, right? Like what for... For folks at home listening who might not even understand or comprehend what that kind of means, like if you can explain it. Sure. So I think actually this is a great question about where we're moving from, I'll say, our former environment to transacting and doing all of our business in, in essentially the cloud world. Well, to get a little more technical, our old world was a cloud, too. Right. It was just managed a bit differently with different technologies, a little bit older. Where we're heading now actually is more efficient, has, I would say, more security protections than perhaps the older environments as they age out, right? So I think it's important for people to know you're already out there. Like mm-hmm. this is already happening and it has been really for 25 years uh, or more, actually, I think when I think about when Interact came into being. Mm. So You've always, you know, we've always done that. And in fact, if you think I started out my career in a visa shop doing visa, you know, and guess what? Credit cards always worked that way. Yeah. So sometimes I think we come up with new words that, again, confuse people. And trust me, fintech is probably the most confusing. And then (laughs) credit unions, we put CU on top of it all. And it's more more confusing. But when I try to base it back, um, one of the advantages we do have in using electronic means is we can trace things. So I always used to say, and I, and I worked one time, and I get these calls from frantic customers who lost their wallet with cash in it. There's nothing we could do about that. Yeah. If something happened in the account and it went a little you know, awry, we can take care of that. And there's lots of protections for people on those cards. There's lots of things to, to, to counter anything that may go wrong. But when you're dealing strictly with cash or cryptocurrency, something goes wrong, mm-hmm. we cannot retrieve it. There's nothing we can do once it's gone. So sometimes people f- don't really think about the downsides of the, the physical um, versus that because we can make it sound really confusing and scary. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's still like trust issues when it comes to banking? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of surveying. Now, credit unions actually own the uh, trust model. They do. So people in Canada... Typically, anybody who's a credit union customer also is a bank customer generally. Mm-hmm. And they tend to value the service and the, the integrity of their credit union. The downside for us has been our tech and our what we can offer has usually been not quite the same. So that's what I'm hoping to do is pair, pair that back up. But I think the... Um, I think the big thing is people are looking, you know, it's not even their day-to-day folks that they deal with. It's sort of the larger institutions and and the bigger decisions that affect things like rates and, you know, their mortgages and and those things. There's a bit of frustration about people don't know how the bigger pieces work Mm -hmm. and there can be a lack of trust. Um, So I think how we counter that is really, again, it's that good information and Mm -hmm. trying to be their guide. 
uh, and help them navigate the complexity rather than trying to sell them a whole bunch of things, you know. So if I'm understanding correctly, a lot of this, like the money movements and all that was kind of happen happening in a similar way before, like a long time ago. And now people are more afraid of it. Do you think it's one of those instances of like knowing how the sausage is made kind of and like now they know too much but they don't really understand what they know so now they're fearful uh, great way partly yeah because you do you and you know how a little knowledge is dangerous yeah. yeah that's part of it the other side is i do think people are seeing what's happening in the crypto space which is a whole mm. different tech and then th conflating the two and then when you hear things like real time coming from interact what that will that mean to me mm -hmm. again we use terminology loosely people um, see these things, they see scams as well and mm. e-transfer fraud. Right. Um, and those are the things, again, and they're they're on the rise. They, they truly are. So there are valid reasons why I think people are more because it's we're, we're doing more online. Um, but on the other hand, we still see good old-fashioned, um, you know, the same kind of fraud that we saw like right. um, yeah. in older ways of transacting. I, I heard this one thing one time, and it was absolutely true at a conference I went to for a Bitcoin uh, conference. And they said, there has not been a single uh, method of money that we've introduced that we've ever killed. They go down, but we've never eliminated them all. Like mm -hmm. they just come on. So um, yeah, it's just, you know, who knows what the next iteration for folks will be right. and what that starts to move forward. So, But it's really exciting because when I think banking, like it's been the same essentially since it started, whenever it started, you know? So it's kind of exciting that there's these fresh ideas and perspectives on how we can move forward into the future. So very cool work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's a fun space to be in at times. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, and that's why, that's why I don't look at the news in the morning. Sometimes you really have to right. keep, your, keep, keep calm so yeah. that you can think through all the, the fun challenges that might come our way. Uh, so as we know, our finances are becoming more digitized every day, if not completely, honestly, for most of the population at this point. So what are some of the biggest challenges facing the fintech space? So I would say the, you know, some of the obvious ones that people think about um, come from the fear side. So cybersecurity, mm -hmm. always a race. And that's a huge part of our consideration. You can't build the innovation without understanding how you're going to secure that, especially with, with financial. We're under a lot of regulation, mm -hmm. a lot of rules. We have a lot of eyes on us. So it's important we get that right. And that's challenging in a changing time. Privacy is another one. But then there's also, I would say, um, we think a lot about... I'd say the how, but there's also, I think, and this is more the credit union perspective, the who. So access. And when we think about, it's a very privileged thing to be able to transact digitally. When we look at our society, you need to have a phone, you need to have access to digital. Mm. So if we're going to move to financial, we need to make sure we have inclusion and ways that we're not leaving people behind. So I think that's something for us to solve. Um, you know, it's very easy to create something uh, when people have money for mm -hmm. it. Totally. Um, and credit unions in particular have in their values financial inclusion. So something that we, we also have to think about, not everybody. Um, and we did see that in the pandemic, the challenges of, of, of if you don't have a credit card or you don't have a tap card or something like that, how do you actually uh, do transacting? Mm -hmm. Sorry, you go ahead, Jenna. I was <laughs> going to say on that note, um, like how, how do you approach that? How do you bridge those challenges? I'm, I'm thinking like in order to bank online, you need internet access. And we've seen, was it Develop Nova Scotia? And they're kind of it, pushed to digital, to connect 
all of Nova Scotia and the rural areas. So like, how do you... Exactly. It's a multidimensional problem. So you really need to have uh, the government involved. Um, and that includes things like legislation. Like we have in Canada legislation that says everybody deserves access to banking mm-hmm. and, and you, you know, free banking. So we have that. We also have laws that say that you have to accept, you know, to, uh, legal tender. And that hasn't changed. So we have those those things in play. But to make it practical, um, it takes a lot more thinking. And I think this is where fintechs, um, organizations, uh, you know, industry like Digital in Scotia, we start thinking about the different avenues that need to come together mm-hmm. in order to make it work. We also look at examples in other parts of the world, um, which is really interesting. So, you know, one of the, I would say, jurisdictions with the highest level of digital banking is in Africa. And what they've created through a whole mobile cell phone network for years, uh, very creative. And it gets to uh, all sorts of populations. So sometimes, you know, looking at how people have solved issues in other jurisdictions can be helpful. But I do think it takes us kind of looking and to say, well, we all have to work in partnership uh, to, to solve those barriers. And kind of on that note, um, and this is out of New Brunswick, but, you know, it wasn't that long ago there were headlines like Grand Manan was losing its only bank. So you're also contending with customers who are super dependent on brick and mortar or who might not even, you know, understand how to use the technology, even if they had a cell phone, mm-hmm. right? Or I guess on on the flip side of that, like we talked a little bit about trust, right? Like there are some older generations. I think even my parents, as of last year, were wary about sending an e-transfer because they don't exactly really understand it. Absolutely. So this is where one of the things the credit unions do well is, uh, and I saw some examples of this when we had the pandemic, and they, you know, people couldn't couldn't contact them. They actually made phone calls. They reached out. They tried to bridge that. Mm-hmm. They put together programs to help them learn how to use the, those those tools. And believe it or not, they, they adapted really well because what we're seeing is a lot of older people start adopting through Facebook or FaceTime. And, and it's that I'm reaching out to my grandchildren, I'm starting there. And then they might see that these tools are not that different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that kind of support. But back to, say, the impact to a community. Mm-hmm. If we think about one of the things that does concern us, when we look in a, in a very small rural town, for example, that might be symbolic, that financial institution mm-hmm. of the health of the community. Absolutely. And so it becomes more than just a place uh, where to do the business. It becomes a symbol of the health of that. And so that's also one of the things we're hoping we can help um, our credit unions with is what scale do you need for a footprint? Maybe mm-hmm. it's not the same size, but the, maybe the digital side can help you augment something a little more flexible, a little bit different, depending on your needs. Or maybe they start to partner with other credit unions and we use our technology to make those links. So there's there's some thinking about how you bridge that in a changing time. And we don't have all the answers. And I think it also goes to things like schools in those towns and different mm-hmm. places. But I do think that it is really symbolic for a place when the, when the, when the institution where they do their finances doesn't exist anymore. Right. Yeah. And how do you work? We talked about cybersecurity a bit and like how important that piece is. How do you go about instilling that trust or that credibility to these communities that maybe aren't as willing to embrace the tech side, the older generations, the whatever that looks like? I, you know, I love this question. It's really about change. And we are going through probably, again, a most significant shift we're going to mm-hmm. be underway. 
at the same time that some of these credit unions are merging and consolidating, and so again, more change. The reality is there's no really quick fix, I think. It's really, I say change really happens one conversation at a time. And so it's really up to us in our, in our system and how we engage with those members and communities, whether it's at their board level or through whatever mechanisms that they communicate, to listen and to provide that, we're going to figure this out. And I think that's the advantage that credit unions certainly have is that they have that high touch, even if we're digitizing it they still have and have earned that high touch and that, that ear. So we can bring people along when we can show them as well, show them how it's working, show them the evidence of, of why it's beneficial, um, and also show them how we're protecting them from, from certain things. Like I, I think I hear a lot about cryptocurrency, right? And you know, helping them kind of sort through the noise and what's real. Those are the roles that we can continue to play, and, and the tools we provide them can help with that as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. Sorting yeah. through the no- noise, I think, is a huge way to make people understand what's actually going on and the what little part they need to play in that equation, too. They don't need all the, the buzzwords and all the everything exactly. else. Yeah. So you kind of alluded to it there, but, you know, the question before was some of the challenges involved with this shift. Um, but obviously there's a lot of advantages, right? Convenience is a huge one, but that's just one of many. So what are some of the biggest ones for you? I think for us, we've been in a challenging position for a long time where the demand for how our credit unions want to evolve their their technology and the products and what they offer, we've been very limited. So the first thing is, okay, I don't have to restrain anymore. We can think differently. Thinking differently is really exciting. For Since the last 20 years, we'll say that our payments have been really digitized. Um, We've had really one way of thinking about it. Um, And typically... We in Canada create one type of service and everybody does the same thing. However, in this new world, uh, we're going to be partnering globally, learning from different areas, different jurisdictions, maybe uh, instilling some inspiration on what can our credit unions do in their communities specifically, very um, hyper-local, as opposed to thinking about, oh, we've got to go and do what everybody else is doing to to just keep up. We can flip that now. Uh, and so... Part of our journey is not just you've got all the tool set. I think the exciting part is what can we do with it? Mm-hmm. What's the vision that we can create and the art of the possible, which had been quite limited before? So to me, that's really I think we're just getting our toes wet in, yeah. in, in that what it could be. Um, and we've got lots of interest um, from the country and, and our partners going, hey, we might want to be part of this. Um, you guys are doing something really great. So I think that's all all. Uh, huge advantage as we go through a tough year of execution. Yeah. yeah, Very exciting things on the horizon, though. You kind of just did this, but I will give you the opportunity nonetheless. Uh, giving you your soapbox, what's what's coming up? What's exciting? What's on the horizon for lead data? What can people keep a, it, keep a lookout for? We will be hosting a tech conference in June, uh, and I think that's going to be super exciting. I'm probably sharing a lot about that journey, and it's going to be right here in Halifax. Very cool. So... Uh, I think it's June 5th to 8th right now that we're planning for that. And it's going to be a pan-Canadian cooperative fintech conference. So keep our eyes out for that. Lots of interesting things we can learn. And then just um, so getting it done. Like that's really it. Um, it's going to be a really big year of making sure that everything works. And then the fun stuff really begins. Amazing. 
love that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us here today. It's been really great. Yes, thank you. Love talking about, like we said at the beginning, the fascinating world of fintech. Mm-hmm. It, I could probably talk for days, but I really <laughs> appreciate um, just the opportunity. It's been lovely. So thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time. This has been a Podstarter production. production.